Hi, Rammies. Welcome to Right Answers Mostly, a podcast on what you didn't learn in history class, but you really, really wanted to. I'm your host, Claire Donald. And I'm your other host, Tess Palomo. Join us every Monday as we have a cocktail or smoke a joint and we dive into the juiciest stories from history. Our most popular episodes are the Titanic, Jim and Tammy Faye Baker, the Romanoffs, early 2000s, and Salem Witch Trials, so make sure to check those out. And if you want a quicker episode that's 30 minutes or less, check out our Lammy episodes. And as always, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Right Answers Mostly. We love hearing from y'all. Welcome to the fam. XOXO. Tess and Claire. Well, hey, Rammies. Hello again. How you doing, Claire? I, (laughs) Tess and I came to the studio. We were just chatting before. It always starts in tears and then ends in laughter. It always does. (laughs) Every time. So I'm good. It felt good to like emotionally decompress with you before recording. Oh, good. How are you doing? Um, I'm good. (laughs) Question mark. Yeah. I'm like nothing, nothing to report. You saw an amazing string quartet last night. I did. I went to Long Beach. um, That is brave. Last night and was a little, a little grumpy because it was an hour and 20 minutes. And I was like, we shouldn't even go see the show. And then my boyfriend was like, you know what? We don't have to, but I think, you know, let's, we can go. Push your boundaries. Push your boundaries. I was like, I just want to be in bed in my comfort zone watching housewives. Yes. And then I was like, no, it was so lovely. It was the string quartet, these four women called um, the Orchid Quartet. Mm. And they did all Taylor Swift songs. In candlelight. In candlelight in this old church. It was in a church? Yeah, it was like a church slash theater. Not the most like gorgeous venue. Oh. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Take note, Orchid. Um, or is that the Orchid yeah, Quartet? The, yeah, yeah. Get better venues. Just kidding. You guys <laughs> looks lovely. But yeah, I, it was, you know, it was beautiful. Like everything about it, it just made me realize, I mean, I am a Taylor Swift fan, but like the core of her music is very genius. It's like true. hearing even You Belong With Me and Lover in that classical way. I was like, holy shit. I was just blown away. Beautiful. Well, I was actually on Reddit, shockingly, and was exploring theater kids. And someone mentioned how Taylor Swift is at her core a theater kid. And I was like, that is so true. Check out our theater kid episode if you don't know what we're talking about. I can't believe we haven't talked about this yet. I know. Like she is the epitome. The epitome. Wow. And like, when we always said musical theater kid is different than... Yes, than just the theater kid. It's true. I'll post um, the response on from that Reddit on our story this week. Uh, Rami, check it out because... Please do. But Please sorry do. to go on that tangent. But anyway, yeah, we're good. <laughs> um, we have a fun episode today. We do. I'm super excited. I feel like this was never even in my thoughts of us covering this. It wasn't in mine either. And I have to give full credit to the podcast you're wrong about. Uh, always. Because I was listening. Uh, Michael Hobbs uh, does an amazing, amazing episode about her and Miss America. And so, you know, it, I took a lot of inspiration from that episode. We love you're wrong about. Uh, they're just, they are our cooler, smarter, older siblings. It's true. And we are like their spunky little sisters that just like try to hang around. Yeah. They, they only um, release an episode like once every two weeks because they literally spend two full weeks researching like that is their full job so I can only you know hey we can only do so much um but who are we talking about today we're gonna be talking about Vanessa Williams Icon, actress, singer, the first African-American woman to win Miss America. Wow, wow, wow. Um, We are going to be talking about how her title was revoked. It was revoked. It was revoked because of nude photographs that came out about her. I didn't realize it was revoked. Mm -hmm. She was forced to resign um, because of, yeah, some photos she took when she was 19. And so we're going to be talking about Miss America as an organization Obviously, uh, you know, a lot to say about nude art and what we do to women who choose to express themselves that way. Doesn't Miss America have a swimsuit section? We'll be, yeah, they oh, sure do. We will get into Up this. Up until 2018. Oh, they took it away? They just took it away, but they have had a swimsuit section since they started in 
the early 1920s. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it goes back that far. We're also drinking um, a cocktail, vodka soda, June Shines pre-made cocktails. It is gorgeous little passion, passion fruit. fruit. Oh, mm. stunning. Mm. We have tropical straws. Yep, we're feeling tropical. I'll just put this right here if you want to. Perfect. Re- Summer is here. Yeah, thank you. Um, but did you know anything about Vanessa Williams? I, thoughts about her? I think she is incredibly gorgeous. And I know that she's more than that, but just up front seeing that, I remember watching her on Desperate Housewives and my mom watched Ugly Betty when I was growing up and I believe she's on there as well. Yes. I never watched, but I think she is her pretty intense boss, okay, right? That probably. Yeah. So those that's really all I know about her. I remember hearing that she was the first black Miss America and um, that's like it. That's about all. That's like it. I mean, like same. (laughs) I didn't know much and now I know a lot. And so, yeah, we're going to, we're going to talk about her, um, her childhood, her teenage years, how she got into Miss America. I'm excited. And pageants. And pageants. Um, Would you like to share anything else? Guys, I I did do a few pageants in my day. I did, and wow, what an experience! I never ever won one, <laughs> but you know that's probably a good thing. It's probably well always because I was telling Tess this earlier. They would always be like no makeup because this is also when I was like eight to like ten, and so my mom and I were like, great, no makeup, and I would show up, and everyone had a full face of makeup on. Fuck you guys for cheating. <laughs> I, I feel like it's always that way. It's always. And so we're like, got it. Seeing a 10 year old in a full face of scary of makeup and like a contour is truly terrifying. <laughs> Better contour than I could ever do in my life. Literally to it, take inspiration. It, yeah, it's tough. One time I did, um, my talent was a, a hip hop dance to Footloose. So I, I wonder why I never won. It's just a mystery to me. Wow. What a beautiful combination of so many different things. I will post pictures, guys. I have the pictures. Train for video content. I don't know if I have video, but I definitely have still images. But I just never really enjoyed it that much. I think after researching, it seems like maybe a hard thing to enjoy for a young woman. It was very, no kidding. It was very clicky. And I always remember just being like, I don't belong here. Yeah, it seems high stress. Mm -hmm. Um, Shout out to the movie Miss Congeniality, which I just watched recently. Such a good movie. And also kind of inspired me more just to find out like what the hell really goes on. It's crazy. Uh, Well, what the hell does go on, Tess? So um, before before we dive in, there's going, um, I just want to say a trigger warning Mm. that this episode does contain a story about child sexual abuse. Mm. Um, So if that's not something that you are ready to hear today. Uh, maybe this is not the episode for you. It's not going to be a huge part of the episode, but, but it is we'll a, part of, um, a part of her past that we we will talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but shall we uh, twirl in? Uh, ooh, let's twirl in. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, hey, I try. For me. I try. Um, so Miss Vanessa Williams, she was born March 18th, 1963. Pisces. Pisces. So we've got an emo girly. A little, a little bit, but also like to me, she is just such a Virgo, such a Leo. I wonder what her rising is. Should have found out. And her moon. Should have found out. Um, She was born in Millwood, New York to Milton and Helen, who were both music teachers at Columbia. Oh. Um, So from, from the start of her childhood, they are not like stage parents, but they are very encouraging of her to be creative and to be an artist. And so they're not like pushing her to audition, but they're like, we always just want you to be musical. Um, so they they did tell her that she needed to play an instrument until she was 18. I love that. I love that too. My parents tried to do that with me. Um, Same. The tantrums I would throw. I had Sunday evening piano lesson. Well, that is cruel. And I, or no, I think they're at 3 p.m., which is like the worst thing in the world. And I would just be sobbing before that woman came over. Same, like with anything that I had to do, sobbing. Sobbing. Throwing myself on the floor. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. Um, but I, but looking back, it's like, I do think that's a great thing. Yeah, I agree. Um, so she played the French horn. <laughs> what? What a choice, huh? One time I saw someone fall down a flight of bleachers holding a French horn oh. at a football game. It was like one of the hardest things to watch in my entire life. How can you ever recover from that? You can't. You can't. Oh my God. That I'm is, sure she was more graceful than that, but. That is tough. That is tough. Um, They were the only 
black family in the neighborhood. And initially when they were trying to buy the house, their white neighbors didn't want them to buy it. They were trying to like figure out a way to challenge their mortgage papers. Ah, uh, get a hobby. Get a, we, you know what? That's Mer- our new catchphrase. Merch. Merch, get a hobby. Oh, we love it. It's a little bitchy. Yeah, it is. We, we love it. But truly guys. Our brains. Um, eventually her father kind of won over the neighbors after they did move in by helping them sort of like repair stuff and being the neighbor, like the friendly <sighs> neighbor to come by and be like, oh, you got to, your plumbing needs some fixing. And so eventually they all did become friends, but this I think was tough for Vanessa at a young age to witness that like her father had to prove himself in a way that none of the other white 100%. fathers did. Um, and we'll talk about that um, later too, of just kind of like we have in a lot of our episodes of these people that are in between two worlds mm-hmm. and have to prove themselves to both worlds. It's exhausting. Exactly. It's so unfair. Exactly. It's so unfair. Um, but she did have a lot of freedom um, in her childhood. She was really encouraged to go play, to explore, just to be like a kid. Oh, I love that. Was she an only child? She was an only child. Okay, got it. So very close to both of her parents. Um, school was not necessarily tough for her. So she, from a young age, she was very pretty. Everyone would comment on it. She was very striking looking. She had these like piercing light green eyes. Um, But once again, she was the only black kid in her whole school. Mm. And so she just kind of looked around and her, you know, image of what it means to be beautiful would be the long blonde hair, white girls from these wealthy families, So she wasn't really like understanding it. Like when kids would do like matchmaking and stuff in elementary school where they'd be like, this person should be at this person. She was always matched with the other, the only other Indian kid. And she just like did, she was just like, I kind of see what's going on. But like her parents hadn't really like talked to her about potential racist things that she would experience until um, the first time um, that she was called the N-word. Ugh. She was um, on the bus back from school. She did not know what it meant. She was called that by another kid? By another kid. Well, it's always, kids are so cruel, it's unreal. The most cruel. And where do they learn that from? Their parents. Exactly. Their piece of shit parents. Very vicious cycle. Um, So she said, and she does um, a lot of this research, comes from obviously Michael Hobbs and then from her uh, memoir that she wrote with her mom, actually. Wow, that is such an intense process. I can't even imagine. And there's some really intense things later, I'll say, which like her mom discovered a lot of things for the first time as they wrote it together. I'm like getting hives thinking about having to write a memoir. Sorry, love you, Cindy, but like intense. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. Like that's that's a cathartic experience, I'm sure, but intense. Um, so Vanessa wrote, I had no idea what that word meant, but I knew it was ugly because it was said with such venom. Mm. And... She told her parents, her parents explained it to her and they said back, it doesn't define you, but it does define the person saying it to you. And there it is. And there it is. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, she was a confident kid. Um, She wanted to be a singer, actress, dancer, all three. Triple threat. Triple threat, just like Like (laughs) J-Lo. Shout out to our queen, J-Lo. I think we need to do an episode on her. I would love nothing more. Because her documentary is coming out on Netflix soon. We have to have a watch party. We're going to get high. Should we recap the J-Lo documentary? That's what we're going to do. We will pound you guys with (laughs) content. Please let us do it. Yep. Um, She was really influenced by Meryl Streep was her favorite actress. Classic. Classic. Um, she, she would be seen like trying to do all her accents and stuff that she would do in movies. I love that. I feel like this might be theater kid energy, but I want to do that more. I I want to practice accents. I get it. When, before uh, you did Elvis, I was trying to do his accent (laughs) in the car. And I'm sure that's what everyone sees in LA on the freeway. I mean, seriously, we are all doing the Elvis accent still. It's a tough one to get. It's it's a tough one to get and apparently to shake because Austin Butler is still doing that. Is he really? He's still doing it. And he's like, well, I talked like this for two years. Well, that wasn't Elvis either. No, not bad. (laughs) Sorry, I'm going chaotic today. Chaotic energy. So this is where the trigger warning comes in. Um, At a pretty young age, Vanessa's 10, she experiences sexual abuse. Her father's brother, so her uncle, Ugh. is dying of cancer. He's not the one who abused her. Oh, okay. Um, he's very sick and almost in like a hospice situation. And her parents didn't really want Vanessa to be around with that. It was very painful. Her dad like really just wanted to like be very focused on taking care of him for his last 
few weeks. Yeah. And so they decide that it's best for them to send Vanessa to their family friend's house in Orange County. Oh my. Wait, that's across the country. Across the country. How old is she? She's 10. Oh my God. So they send Vanessa there to their friend's place. Their friends have two kids, um, Susan, who's 18, and John, who is 12. Oh, no. um, so she's with them for a little bit. One night they are watching TV and John invites Vanessa out. Um, they like walk the neighborhood and they walk to an old abandoned- John's a 12-year-old. John's a 12-year-old. Um, they go to like an abandoned construction zone and he just gives her a peck. You know, he's like two years older than her. She has a crush on him. Mm-hmm. She, he's cute. So she doesn't really think anything about this. She's just like, oh, like this has been, what a night. Like yeah. we're out and, you know, doing something we shouldn't be doing. So she's kind of giddy about it. Um, that's all that happens. He, you know, they go back to the house and Vanessa goes to sleep. Um, and then in the middle of the night, Susan, who is the 18 year old, um, comes in and asks Vanessa to lie down on the floor and Susan begins to molest her. Oh my God. Wow. I did not see it going there. I didn't see it going there either. Um, and obviously, you know, I mean, she's a lot, she's, she's an adult. She's this an 18 year old. Oh my God. Doing this to her. She was like, you know, you can't tell anyone about this. Um, I, I have to assume that was happening to the 18 year old. Like that's classic. Exactly. And that's why it's really, it's hard to talk about child abuse because just statistically, you know that that's going on with her and, or she's seen it happen. Someone's doing that to her. It's a really vicious cycle. Horrifying. And there's just little tools, especially because as a child, you don't understand it. Yeah. Everything that happens to you as a child, you're like, that is normal. That is what life is. A hundred percent. Or it's like, oh, this made me feel icky, but I don't, want to tell anyone exactly which is what Vanessa then has guilt because she knows that her parents are going through so much and so she arrives back in New York she sees that her dad looks kind of like thin and they're both very depressed you know like they haven't been sleeping and so she's like you know what I they already feel heartbroken enough I'm just going to keep this with me she also was like kind of rationalized it when you protect yourself obviously with any sort of trauma she was like it did feel kind of good and it was with a girl and I trust girls. And so maybe that's just like a thing. Right. Anything to make it okay. Exactly. Mm. So she tables this for now and she's like, I'm just going to keep this, keep it with me. Um, But, you know, subconsciously she starts to pull away from her parents. Of course. Um, She gets more rebellious. There's just tons of tension. There's like a lot of fighting for the first time in their home. Like they kind of used to be this like best three friends and now she's just like very angry, especially with her mom. She kind of just takes it out on her. Mm. Um, also, that age is like so, you're such a developmental age and so like hostile for teenagers anyway. Totally. And if you feel like you have no one to talk to about something like that, you must just, I mean, it's like torturous. Yeah, of course. Um, so when she's 16, she starts dating her first boyfriend. His name is John. Okay. He is 20. Oh, whoa. Mm -hmm. Not okay. There's a big difference between 20 and 16. She's not okay. Also, a lot of um, victims of child abuse do end up going for someone that is a little bit older. Makes sense. Um, But there wasn't anything like bad or problematic about this relationship. He's studying to be a mortician. Oh, well, we all have our interests and hobbies. We sure do. Um, And they do not have sex. At all. um, At all. Um, she's very honest about it in the book. She's like, he was the hottest thing I'd ever seen. Her mom was like, he was the hottest thing that <laughs> anyone had ever seen. But, you know, she's young and she's like, I'm not ready yet. Yeah. Um, but this like causes a strain in their relationship because he's 20 years old and he's probably like, I want to do a little something. Yeah, I'm sure. So they go to a party together. It's on New Year's Eve. He goes off. He's like flirting with someone else the whole time. Um, and she's like, okay, like, I don't even... Don't even know where you've been. We've been there before. Uh, it's always tough. I'm like, we have all been there before. <laughs> like, I'm going to bring this boy to a party. And then like, where were you the whole time? He just leaves you. Yeah, it's tough. That's a tale for a different time. <laughs> but then you end up meeting some Hannah and Jordy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah and Jordy. I wrote about this. In Shout your, out to you. In your card. You know, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about. Um, she meets this, this other man and his name is Bruce. Bruce. And this will be her boyfriend for the next three years. Oh, wow. See, you do. You end up meeting great people. Bring a below average guy to a party and you will meet someone fantastic. It is so true. And that's a lesson for all the single ladies out there. That's right. That's right. Raise the bar (laughs) or don't raise the bar and then lower the bar, Mm. which will bring you to raise the bar. 
Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Wise words. Um, they are kind of dating in secret at first. Her parents don't really approve because they think they keep being like, you guys are just too, too codependent. It's like too much. It's kind of gross. You're very, <laughs> you're clingy. And then she's like, I think the reason you don't like this is because he's white. Oh, and they're like, we admit it, like being in an interracial relationship will just cause more stress for you. Mm. It's two different worlds. It's never going to work out. Um, but she really falls for him. She loses her virginity to him. Oh, wow. She's very open that like they had this very sexual relationship. How old is old Bruiser? Um, he, I believe... He is a freshman at Syracuse. Okay, so probably like 18 or 19. Yeah, I think he's like a year or two maybe older. Okay, cool. Um, But shortly after she does lose her virginity and she's kind of having this like hot girl summer, Mm -hmm. if you will, um, she's like, oh God, like I am just not feeling great. Having like a little little nausea in the morning, kind of hurts to touch my boobs. Okay, well, all signs lead to. But she's like- she says that she had no idea what any of that meant because of, which is just always, uh, it's always fascinating because there's just no, no, there's no education about it and even health ed. No, truly. Cause they're like, we're not going to talk about you getting pregnant because you need to be married to get pregnant. So we're not even going to mention it. Exactly. Yeah. So she like doesn't know what's going on. So she sneaks into her parents' bedroom when they're not there and she goes through like a health book. That's like, what if I have this and this and this? And all signs obviously point to you might be pregnant. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, and from the moment that she found that out, she was like, there was never any option to not get an abortion. Really? And um, her boyfriend was, Bruce was very, very supportive about it. And so they were like, we're going- she has a kid this young. Oh, no. So it was never an option to not. Oh, to not yes. get an abortion. Got it, got it, got it. She knew. Okay, she got it. She knew. She that, was like- That was the right choice for her. We're right. going to Planned Parenthood. It was the right choice for her. Um, And her mom never knew about this until they're writing the memoir. Shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Truly gives me chills. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. That is, this memoir is so intense. <gasps> I know. It's just like, and we're here. <laughs> we're going. Take a little sip of yeah, you need a tropical it. drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After that, like, wow. Ah, but thank God for Planned Parenthood. Yeah, thank God. Thank God that she had that option because that was the best health care for her. Exactly. Yep. Um, so she finally gets accepted to Syracuse as well. Mm. Um, Bruce proposes to her. Oh. And she's like, let's take a step back. <laughs> she's like, it's just a bit too much. Like, I think we need to go on like somewhat of a break. Yeah, I'm just There's, starting college. Yeah, and she's just very like, she's a passionate person that knows what she wants. She's like, we're... The like four year plan of college is just to like do every play imaginable. I want to study abroad my junior year in London and audition for plays there. Like she uh, loved, she loved the theater. Wow, a theater kid! I had no idea she had theater kid energy. I know, and amazing voice. Oh my god, it does, just sounds lovely this time in your life. Enjoy it if you're listening. Literally enjoy it and like do those things. Do it. It's probably the one of the few times that you were able to in with a way. no stakes. No stakes. Hey, I'm talking to myself too. Why not? <laughs> At any point in my life. I am as well. Like as I'm saying this, I'm like, are we just convincing ourselves that we need we to? We are. And I'm aware of that. And I'll continue to do it. Sam, it's yeah, good. It's great. Um, show. This is when we get into the photos. Yes. So she needs some money. She's a college student. She's looking through the classified ads and she sees something that says models wanted. Um, she reaches out to this guy, Tom Chapel, and she's, you know, like fucking modeling, like scams and stuff where like, they say, you pay me like a hundred dollars and I'm going to get you a portfolio because you're new and that's what you need. And you first, you can't do anything without yeah. This for, right? It's like that stupid- Guys never pay agents or managers or anything like that. They take a percentage. Do not pay them. Do not pay them. Do not. And this is how it always, this mm-hmm. is how it always ends. Um, so they are just taking headshots essentially and just getting some like, you know, some commercials, some theater, all of that. Um, she does pay him, but then he's like, look, I need someone to help be a receptionist for me. Also someone that like can maybe do some hair and makeup for the models that come in. And she's like, oh, this is perfect. Like, so I'm just going to get a receptionist job with him. Um, so she does find out that this agency is a, is a scam. Oh, yeah. And he has like no connections. And um, but she's like, he does still consider himself this photographer 
And I think she has like the soft spot for him because he just is this like artist maybe of what she kind of was encouraged to be in childhood of like, but he just wants to like take photos. Yeah. And to create art. Also, she's like 19. She's 19. Yeah. Um, so he's like, you know what? I just want to like start taking photos of you. Like kind of like she became a bit of his muse and he was like, do you want to pose nude? I think like nude art is an expression. I think it's beautiful. Um, and she's like, you know what? I'm 19. I'm single. I'm feeling free. I'm feeling hot. So she to this day is like, yeah, it wasn't significant. I was hot as hell. I had this amazing body and I wanted to explore that. Yeah. And I think nude photography is stunning. Totally. And like, of course you have to take into consideration like the power dynamic can be tricky. That is true. And consent. And if, you know, someone that's young and inexperienced really knows, but she feels empowered that she did this and she has no shame. So I'm going to speak about it like that. From her experience. That's the only way we can do because we're focusing on her. Exactly. So from like for this specific incident, she was just like, these were gorgeous photos. Um, We won't post them. Right. Um, Just because, you know, she doesn't post them. Right. So it's like. Well, she never, I guess, intended on it to be released in this way. Exactly. But they are, they're stunning. She's like in a forest. Ooh. Woodsy vibes. She looks great. She's, it's like not, um, what's the word where it's like too much graphic. Oh, uh huh. Um, and she's like, you know what? Hey, I'll do it again. So he's like, all right, I have this other model coming in next week. Her name's Amy. She's 18. Um, and these are the photos that did get leaked without her consent because these photos that she ends up taking with this other model, um, are a bit more graphic um, I I looked them up um, just to see what they what the big deal was, and I think they're very I think they're like stunning photos. Yeah, she's like intertwined with Amy. They're like kind of doing back bends. It feels very like yoga, like very artsy, very artsy. It looks like they are a lesbian couple that is in love. Mm. Um, they're like kissing each other's backs. There's it's kind it's of very intimate. It's intimate. It's kind of like. They're ballerinas. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, I was just like, yeah. Yeah. I will say like when you said this girl, Amy's coming in, she's 18. I'm like, oh shit. I forgot they're young. They're young. And that is tough yeah. because 18, sure. You're an adult. You can make your own decisions, but you're still you just very don't, impressionable. No, totally. Totally. I have so many thoughts on this that I think that we'll get to later with, with double standards and yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, feel free to share at any point. Cause yeah. even like my first reaction when I was researching this was just like, ugh, these girls are teenagers. They don't, this gross older man yeah. is taking these. Like, I think it's my instinct to be protective and Same. to feel like this guy took advantage of them. But I think that also gets into like, I don't know. This was the- It's the, so weird because on one hand you can be like, gross protect them and on the other hand I'm like when they're used against her later I'm like but she can show off her body if she wants and why are we criminalizing that in a way exactly it does kind of go into like the second what's the second wave feminism versus second like second wave is very much like you can't be girly you can't like be feminine and like third wave is more like be whoever you want to be right and we shouldn't yeah and so I think like that it brought up that kind of stuff for me of just like but she and like the photos are like, I mean, I think all of us have had that moment of wanting someone to take nudes. Yeah. And wanting to like remember our bodies. Because it is beautiful and it doesn't have to be sexual. No, like just because you're nude does not mean that that equates to anything promiscuous. I 100% agree. Yeah. So I think there's like a conversation there. Yeah. And I'm like curious to hear everyone's thoughts about it. I am it. too. I am too. Um, but she, um, she quote says there's something so freeing about doing something you're not supposed to. So, you know, there's still like that little rebellious side of her. Um, but you know, these are the photos that truly quote ruined her reign as Miss America. And the biggest misconception is that it's just because there were nudes. That's not what it was. Is that what she was with another woman? Yep. So there's like homophobia there and like sexualizing women together in that way. Yep. 
And well, I mean, it is sexual and that it was like, seems like they were intimate photos, but like, why is that such a big deal with, cause it's with a woman, like, yeah, get so, over it. Yeah. Because yeah. I wonder what would have happened if the other ones, when she's just alone in the forest were released. Yeah. I wonder what would happen if they were with a man. Right. Um, but we'll get a little bit more into that because it goes full circle into one of our other episodes. Oh, 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 oh. Later, which is fascinating. Foreplay with you guys, foreplay. Foreplay. You can, <laughs> may, you can maybe guess. I don't, with a woman? Think about nude photos. What have we talked about with? I'm like, what have we talked about? I'm nudity. totally blinking. Reading. Tammy Faye Baker. No, reading. Playboy. Yeah. Playboy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, hello. Obviously, we talked about this on our Playboy episode. We'll get back into okay, it. Okay, we'll get back into it. Um, But, so she kind of gets back together with Bruce after this. She's like, oh, fuck, I guess I should like maybe tell him about the nudes, but like it's none, none of his fucking business. It's no, really not. That's her, the 14th Amendment. Exactly. <laughs> to privacy. Full circle to Roe v. Wade. Yeah. Always promoting. Always plugging. Um. So once again, she is at a train station. She's asked if she's a model from some other guy. Long story short, um, she does end up taking nudes with this guy. And it was very sexual. And she's at, like, he kind of forces her to wear this harness and hang. Uh, and did she feel icky about that? I also yep. think that's the biggest thing of like, I can say something is icky or not. But if someone truly feels like comfortable, then it's not my place to be like, that's gross. Exactly. The minute that someone doesn't feel right about it, get like, we need to protect them. And that is perf that is like perfectly said because this situation, she was like, she left and she goes back home and she tells Bruce, she's like, we need to go get those negatives. Like, mm. I do not want these out. It's different from anything else I've ever done. So they do. Mm -hmm. They get the negatives. It's like a little bit of a fight. And he's like, you signed. And they're pretty, um, pretty intense about that, that. It's not even an option that they're getting these back. So nothing, nothing comes from that. But that was one moment where she was like, it was different. Yeah. It just felt different. She I didn't felt feel safe. Mm -hmm. Um, show now we get into how the hell did she get to Miss America from here? How did she? She's modeling. She's doing her thing. Um, she is at Syracuse and she's in a musical called Swinging on a Star. I'm, I'm familiar. Same. <laughs> um, one, and her co-star is Aaron Sorkin. What? Yeah. The writer? Yes. What are you talking about? I guess he went to Syracuse and he was like in the musical. I feel like those are one of those pop culture moments that your like head explodes a little bit. You're like, wait, what? Yeah, you're like, would never have pictured them interacting together. Um, but Aaron... Um, invites his friend George to come or some, there's some, like someone invites someone who invites someone who is on the board of, of Miss America, Miss Syracuse. Oh, 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 stepping stones, stepping stones. And he's like, who is, that is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. And like her stage presence is very igniting. Mm -hmm. And like, she's just like, she's a star. Um, so this is kind of the start of like. Vanessa competing for Miss Syracuse um, and then Miss New York mm -hmm. and then going to Miss America. So this whole kind of transition, she was um, motivated to do it because of the scholarship money. Okay. Got it. And she was like, this will be great for me. And especially yeah. with like, if I want to travel after and start to try to pick up a Broadway career, like yeah. in London. It's a great platform too. Just, yeah. Exactly. So she was like, why the hell not? So she's doing like pageant coaching mm -hmm. and all of that stuff. Um, her biggest problem when she was being trained was that she had a lot of filler words. Like, like? <laughs> uh, um, and you know. Oh, I've never said, um, I've never said, you know, Same. it's crazy. I know. I don't get why people like how people do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> but she like this whole time, she doesn't give a shit. She is like, which is also a nice reminder of almost like letting it go. <sighs> it's such a good reminder. And letting it be. And she just was like, yeah, I kind of like, <clears throat> she was, she said, I sort of tried to like edit some of my behavior. But at the same time, I was like, I'm just going to be myself. That's all you can do. It's such a good reminder and have fun with it. Have fun with it. It's like we've talked about with auditions that you don't really like give a shit about. Yes. Well, sometimes those are the ones you get. It's truly because you're just throwing it away. Exactly. Wow. Great lesson, guys. Great lesson. So like, her parents aren't even attending these fucking things. They're like, go. Like, sure. Like, they, they don't not support her, 
but they're just like, she doesn't care. She's not like, it's not a big deal. Wow. But after she wins Miss New York, um, they're like, and now it's time. And she was like, all right, I guess Miss America is the next step. And that like, is crazy. More money, honey. Yeah, a lot more money, honey. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is, you know, that girls are like just dying for this. And she's like, oh, I'm Miss New York now. Yeah. Oh. Casual. Casual. So this is when um, we will get a little bit into Miss America. Okay. So what are your perceptions of Miss America? Um, initial feelings. I, I mean, I don't, I think it, it's an outdated thing. I think when I was younger, I thought it was really cool. And it was like, so great to see, like, I was like, oh, these beautiful women are on stage. And I could see their gowns. And now I'm kind of like, it just seems like kind of outdated. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's fair. Yeah. Um, I probably had the same feelings growing up of like, Ooh, it seems like fancy. Yeah. And maybe maybe didn't understand um how it's rooted in sexism, racism. Yeah. The components that they do in Miss America of like, oh yeah, make sure that she's well spoken and stuff. It's like that's not showing her actual personality. Personality or intelligence. That's basically just being like, do it so that we can look at her body. Yeah, exactly. And that's always tough. And so, it's always to say the right thing. It's not it's never what your actual thoughts are. Yeah, it's like these very limited skills and dialogues to just sort of put you on a platform and make you look pretty. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's not great. Yeah. Um, the origin of Miss America was literally like um, showcasing these women if they're suitable for marriage. What? And that's like, pick a woman that's the perfect wife from a good white family. It is crazy. It's really like you're at an auction. Well, literally. So uh, Miss America originated in 1922. Wow. Sorry, 1921 as a bathing beauty review. The origins of the Miss America pageant lie in an event entitled The Fall Frolic which was held on September 25th, 1920 in Atlantic City. Of course, it's Atlantic City. Classic. I think, it is it still in Atlantic City? I thought it was in New Well, Atlantic City is in New York, isn't it? Wait, it is? I think so. That was in New Jersey. Jersey. Tess ah. is right. It is in Jersey. Just because my mom grew up going going to Jersey. Oh, yeah. wow. Jersey Shore. Jersey Shore. Do you more of this? Um, yeah, oh, let's, let's get it going. <laughs> <laughs> Jersey. So the event was designed to bring business to the boardwalk. Mm, smart. Um, so <laughs> line up some hot girls. Literally. So that's essentially what it was. It was uh, 350 men pushing these chairs of just women <laughs> being rolled in the chairs, like waving. They were called young maidens. Oh my God. And people just be like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like screaming. The shit you did to entertain in 1920. Yeah, no kidding. But also like at the expense of women just having to be objectified. So <laughs> just like, just ogle at me. It's not great. No. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going to do a little true and false game. Let's do it. Miss America edition. Tell me if you think these statements are true or false. Okay. Oh God. Okay. When they first introduced early Miss America contestants, they would state where her father was born for breeding purposes. <laughs> um, I'm going to say that's true. Ding, ding, ding. What the fuck, guys? Yeah, so it was like, this is Miss Susie. Blah, da, da. Her father's from Kansas City. And, you know, it was very... He's homegrown. Exactly. And it was like, yay, white, white, white. <laughs> White as bread. <laughs> oh my bread. God, that's so insane. So insane. Um, the first Miss America was 19 years old. False. I bet she was younger. You're was so she good. five? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she was 15. Young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Margaret Gorman was her name. Margaret Gorman, first Miss America. Mm-hmm. Which, were they from different states at this point? Um, I think she was from. I actually don't know. I wonder where her dad was from. Yeah, I bet they wondered too. <laughs> um, oh, I already said this one. Uh, there is no longer a swimsuit edition in current Miss America. Oh, true now. I would have said false. It ended in 2018. Thank God. You guys, a little t- took a little too long. For what? For what? <laughs> um, the bob haircut was encouraged for contestants in the 1920s Miss America pageants. I would say true for 1920s. 
show false, actually. Oh, really? Which this would be a fascinating episode. So the bob haircut symbolized um, crazy girls. Like flappers? Uh, like women's liberation and, and feminists. Right. Because you no longer had to do much with your hair. It was like closer to what a man looked like. They were like, ew. And they're like disgusting. So the first winner had long hair and didn't wear makeup because makeup at the time showed independence. Wow. Well, hey, I wish I could have competed in that pageant. <laughs> I would have won. <laughs> you still could, baby. Can you guys imagine if I started doing pageants? <laughs> yeah, just be like, actually, after this episode, I've been inspired. I want to. Um, the primary architect of the Miss America pageant is a man. It's true. False. Wait, what? It's a woman. Oh, wow. That's really evil. Her name was Leonore. Her last name was Slaughter. Wow, guys. Don't paint your green flags or your red flags green. There it is. Don't paint your... Oh, my God. Um, you, and thing. the final one, you have to be married and without children to compete. True, I bet. Great, Claire. did a great job. But now I think, like, they want you to be single and not um, married. I, th- I don't think you can be married if you're Miss America. But I could be wrong. Oh, wait, sorry. I wrote this incorrectly. You had to be single and without children to compete. Okay, okay, got it. Yes, yes. And And I think that's still true today. I think it is. Which is so fucked. So the eligibility at this time was unmarried, childless, in good health, and until the 1950s, white. Wow. So 30 years of this was only, they only accepted white women. Also like- Asterix pretends to be shocked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Leonor defends this by being like, it's not something that's racist. It's how can you, and she said like a quote, how can you compare the black beauty, like black beauty to white beauty? They're just two different categories. So we're just being like fair. Ew, get the fuck out. Yeah, Leonor. Leonor, you're a terrible woman. <laughs> yeah. We have no space for you. We have no space for you. Um, but so because of this, in response, there was a Miss Black America that went from 1967 to 1977. Oh, good. Okay. Well, I mean, just like get yours. Get your, did you know a very, very famous woman who competed in this as Miss Tennessee in 1971? Oh. Uh, I'll, I'll give some hints. Okay. Um, she is one of the richest women in the world. Oprah? Uh-huh. Oprah? Mm-hmm. What? Yep. What? Guys, we should do an Oprah episode. Oh my God, we should. I think we have to. We need to. Um, so Oprah was a pageant queen? She was. What the fuck? She competed. She didn't win, but she competed. Hey. Um, but as time went on, the original Miss America contest became more inclusive with racial diversity and the Miss Black America um, pageant stopped in 1977. Um in 1976, there was the first black contestant in the top 10. In 1980, there was the first black contestant in the top five. We are seeing droplets of progress, but it obviously, there's still some. That is insane. Isn't that insane? That is insane. And also this time, feminists were not happy. <laughs> yeah. That second wave feminism would hate Miss America. And there it is with the rise of second wave feminism and the civil rights movements during the 1960s. um, The Miss America pageant became the subject of a series of protests that attacked it as sexist, racist, and a part of U.S. uh, militarism. Mm. Yeah, I, I totally understand where they were coming from, especially at that time. It's kind of like you have to go all or nothing. Right. I do think I would like to practice more third wave feminism of like, I really like, I'm not going to do this, but as this gets you off. I agree. I think it's like, it's once we stop having the chance to attack women for any choice. And you could argue that this does hurt women as a whole because of the portrayal of like body image and all of that in such like a huge medium. Yeah. However, 
it, you can't attack an individual's choice for wanting to be a part of this. That's exactly right. Like, I don't think these practices are necessarily safe for women, but like, I can't tell you that you're a terrible woman for doing that. I completely agree. Yeah. Because it's like, it's also nothing is black and white. Exactly. And everything can be true. And I also agree that yep. I- Both of these things can be true. Yeah. I would like to start incorporating third wave feminism responses to things. Yeah. But I think we grew up in a time that was, that maybe wasn't encouraged. Yeah. I think it's starting to be more now. Yeah. Yeah. But like, even in high school, it was like, look at this woman on screen, slutty, slutty. Yeah. Look at her. Isn't she slutty? Well, like so much second wave feminism hated Dolly Parton because she like what had big boobs and makeup and big hair and was like really playing into all of that. Where yeah. it's like, I think she's such an icon. Yeah. I Just think- let li- women live. Totally. And it's ever evolving. And like, as a woman, you can have your own relationship with how you feel and yep. how your ideas might change. Yep. And you can, all, but you also have, you can be like, I hate it. And yeah. that's fine. And that's fine too. Respect. But maybe just don't, don't judge. Yeah, exactly. And there it is. Or attack. And there it is. Um, show. Now we're back to little Vanessa. She enters September, 1983. Um, there are four black women competing. Out of 50. Out of 50. Yikes. Um, But two are in the top 10. So once again, a little bit of of progress, even though it's painful to even say it. Yeah. You know, it's not not even. (laughs) Um, So uh, Vanessa wins the uh, preliminary swimsuit and preliminary talent. She sings, happy days are here again. I don't think I know that song. Chris, insert the clip. Happy times, happy nights, happy days are here again. So she ends up winning. Oh, the whole thing. The whole thing. Um, You know, there's not much to say about it. It's just like, it's what you expect a pageant to be. Women in swimsuits, doing talents, having interviews. First runner-ups crying and being like, I'm so happy for you. But not really. (laughs) Um, The runner-up is Suzette Charles. She's Miss New Jersey. Oh, close. Miss New York, Miss New Jersey. Is uh, Miss Congeniality, she's Miss New Jersey, isn't she? Yeah, I think so. God, that movie's so good. It's so good. Comedy. It is comedy. Yep. Um, So... She wins. You have to do a tour for about a year. Yeah, it's intense. And it's literally like, I mean, it feels very vacant of like substance. Yeah. However, with her, because she is the first black woman to win, she has like this expectation of like, we should ask her about what she thinks about gun violence and like inner city crime. (sighs) And it's like very- She's held to like a higher standard. That's not fair. Um, She had a complicated relationship with her winning because she does say um, that she felt like, wow, I am the first black woman to win this, but like didn't really understand the magnitude of it um, until she would like visibly see it. So she says, um, when the press started, um, when I would go out on the tour and do my appearances and people would come up to me and say they they would never think that they would see the day that this would happen when people would want to shake my hand and you'd see tears in their eyes and they'd say, I'd never thought I'd see this in my lifetime. That's when, you know, it was definitely a very special honor. Oh my God. I have chills I do right too. now. I do too. Of just like having that thrust upon you. <sighs> yeah. Wow. So I she, chills. I know. So she was like, you know, it was kind of basic, but at the same time, then I'm just like, I'm 20 years old and I'm like, I've just made history and women are coming up to me that are like, you just changed my life and my daughter's life. Mm. And, you know, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, however, in July of 1984, two months before the end of her reign, Williams learned that nude photos of her taken before her involvement with the pageant would be published without her consent Ugh. in a future issue of Penthouse. Penthouse. Mm-hmm. And in contrast, Hugh Hefner, the publisher of Playboy, was also given the opportunity to publish these photos, but turned it down. This is what he stated. The single victim in all of this was the young woman herself, whose right to make the decision was taken away from her. 
if she wanted to make this kind of statement, that would be her business. But the statement wasn't made by her. I'm like, Hugh, why couldn't you be like that all the time? So he says this, but then another Playboy spokesperson was like, uh, no, it's just because we don't do lesbian nudes. Wait, what? Mm-hmm. Oh, that makes more sense, yes. honestly. Because I was like, Hugh, what the fuck is going on? He, that was kind of a bullshit thing. Well, I think in our Playboy episode, I didn't hear the other side of it. And I was like, that's pretty incredible that they turned that down. And I read that statement. Wow. Good to know all sides. Good to know all sides. And there's three sides to every story. Wow. Yours, theirs, and the truth. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there have been other cases with, did Playboy ever exploit photos that like the cover photo didn't consent to? Well, Marilyn Monroe was the first one and she, I don't think had any choice in the matter and he just bought her news. Oh, that's right. So first and foremost. Why am I even, (laughs) why am I even surprised? Um, Wow. So these nudes are out. Um, after learning that Penthouse would be publishing these photos. Oh, I can't imagine what she's feeling like. Mm-hmm. Your fucking like uh, uncle has to see that. You know what I'm saying? Like when you didn't agree to that. And it's two months before she has spent fucking 10 months going on tours, cutting ribbons. Doing everything. Doing everything. And so the Miss America organization responded by giving Williams 72 hours to resign. Shouldn't they be protecting her? That's what you would think. But this organization, wow. but the organization at this point is trash. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and Williams later stated that the heightened spectacle and circus of it all was kind of crazy because on one hand, she had people, especially like black women in the black community, being like, "No, fight for the crown, mm-hmm, fight!" Mm-hmm. For, and people chanting this to her and like, "Don't give it up, don't succeed." And then she also had, you know, her family who had different a different response to it. Um, her mother kept saying, you're just like your father. You're too trusting. And she said, there's a part of me that said, I do give people the benefit of the doubt, but it's also like being free that I was in the mode I was in to do that at, at the particular time when I took these racy photos, because I was already in college. So you can't really tell me what to do. Yeah. So my mentality was like, I'm living my own life. I'm a spirited young woman. I can handle this. I can handle anything. And at 19, you think you rule the world and you can control things. And a lot of times you don't. Wow. That is so well said. And I feel like everyone can connect to that statement. Truly. Wow. So um, uh, Williams, however, decided to resign. Mm. And Chris, um, I'd like you to put in the clip of her resigning at a press conference held on July 23rd, 1984. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen of the press, and thank you for your attendance today. As you all know, the Miss America pageant has asked for me to resign as Miss America in 1984. Now is the time for my response. Oh, I feel so sad for her. I feel like what she needed in that moment was someone to just look at her and be like, fuck them. And the saddest part to me, and this is so representative of when women go through a lot of sexual harassment, is that she filed a 500 million lawsuit against penthouse publisher Bob Guccione. Uh-huh. But then she later dropped the lawsuit um, after one year, seeing that she just wanted to put the scandal behind her. Right. Because they will trick you and be like that your name's going to be there every time they Google you. That's what's going to come up with it. And that is so not fair. It's such a hard position to be in. Mm -hmm. Um, I can empathize with that on a much smaller scale of situations where you're just like, oh, I should stand up for this. But God... The money, the time, the, what people think of me, especially as a woman, you're just concerned with like the, the legacy you have, something like this for a woman defines her. Mm. Whereas with a lot of men, it's something that they went through and they fought for and it, they came out stronger on the other it's side. Empowering. Mm-hmm. Right. Ugh. So she was like, you know what? They did have the rights to publish the photos because I signed that fucking consent form. It's not fair. Yep. It's not fair. Show um, in the PBS documentary, Miss America, it was the most successful issue Penthouse Magazine ever printed. Of course it was. And made a profit of $14 million. And she didn't get one dime from that, did she? Nope. Oh my God. Yep. 
Oh my God. I Name know. the movie. Oh, oh, oh my um, God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, wait. Fuck. Yep. <sighs> what is it? Sweet Home Alabama. Oh, God. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> I'm like the British friend. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. No, I love it. Um, so, you know, that was shitty to say the least. Um, after her resignation, Williams rebounded as a recording artist and actress. Um, yeah. So was she just like, what? I would hope that some people in Hollywood would be like, ew, screw them. Like, come over to us. Well, she ended up having, you know, a lot of success, you know, to this day. But she does say, I had so much trouble being taken seriously. Mm. Not only because I was a beauty queen, but a scandalous beauty queen on top of that. Um, having that perception of me is um, is when I realize, people having that perception of me is when I realize what an obstacle I would have. Wow. So she does say that these events delayed her career about 10 years. Mm. But after that, um, you know, she has gone on to, um, she's been nominated for 11 Grammy Awards. Oh my God. A Tony Award. She was the lead on Ugly Betty for many, many seasons. Um, She has a book. She is somewhat of a, kind of for the time, I think she was very much a almost like influencer icon to many people. Yeah, like I want whatever she has. Exactly. Um, She, interestingly, um, 32 years later, Williams returned to the Miss America stage in 2015 when she served as head judge. Wow. And she sang her famous, Oh, How the Years Go By. And after this performance, former Miss America CEO Sam Hoskell issued a public apology to Williams. But he basically was like, I want to apologize for anything that was said or done that made you feel any less than the Miss America you are and the Miss America you will always be. It is so interesting that she returned as head judge. So... I'm like, what are her feelings towards it? Um, There's an interview, I think, on ABC where she basically states that she felt in a position to be able to do so. I think, I mean, she doesn't like flat out say this, maybe some sort of reclaiming her power in it all and said that she is, you know, did make such a difference in people's lives and did inspire women. So she felt that there was enough time that she could go back and kind of like be there in a new light yeah. as this icon without like feeling that pain. From- I totally get that. And again, I'm like, nothing's black and white. Nothing is black and white. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, if that were, hey, if that were me, I don't know how I'd feel. I think I'd be like, I'm never fucking showing, like yeah. giving them anything. But maybe she wanted to go back and be like, hey, I've had 11 Grammy nominations. I'm the successful actress. I'm a singer. I make a shit ton of money. And like, you guys suck. Yeah, totally. And also like kind of being there for those women that are competing that year in a different way, you know? She does have a lot of quotes about like, revenge is the best success. And so I think there was a part of her that was like, look at me. I could own this place now. Exactly. You tried to tear me down and you could not. Exactly. Um, but yeah, she's uh, she has four children. Uh, Sasha, Jillian, Melanie, and Devin. She's been married three times. One of those to Rick Fox. Who's Rick Fox? He's that sexy, sexy actor. Oh, wait. Oh, yes. He's an actor and former basketball player. He is. Wow. These two together would be a little overwhelming. A little overwhelming. They were married for six years. Wow. 1999 through 2005. Mm -hmm. I can only imagine the photos. He played for the Boston Celtics and and the Lakers. Lakers. Wow, wow, wow. Um, And, you know, like to this day, I think she she has left a a mark on people. Um, I think when you do say Vanessa Williams, the first thing everyone says is how gorgeous she is. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm just so happy I got to like know more about her story and kind of all that she went through and everything she's open about right now, even in her book with like what she went through as a child with the, um, child, you know, abuse, um, her abortion that she's so open about and which is incredible. Again, like we talked about on Roe v. Wade, that like is so hush hush a lot of times. And she just seems like she has been someone that in her life, people have, it's like things that people would say you should be ashamed of. And she's like, I'm not, I'm completely not. Yeah. And like, why would I be? Why, and I, that's, I feel so inspired, honestly. I do too. I felt inspired after, after it all. And, um, I really, really respect her. I respect her so much. I do too. 
And yeah, that's that's Vanessa Williams and Miss America. Well, I just can't. I'm going to go home and like stare at pictures of her all day, which like I know, again, she's more than her beauty. But like, my God, we cannot deny. she's beautiful. Yeah, she is stunning. Wow. That's so interesting. She's someone who is like so ingrained in pop culture. And I feel like a lot of times we don't even understand the magnitude of someone like her because we were a little bit after her big splash. Yeah. Like, you know, this all happened in the 80s. Yeah. Um, But God. It's so many interesting talking points. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there could be a lot more, a lot more said about it all. Yeah. Interested to hear everyone's thoughts on Miss America. Same. um, you know, what the photos and all, all of that. Same. I do think that Miss America or like a zombie Miss America would be such a good Halloween costume. Oh, yeah. Zombie. It would be yeah. so fun. That's good. We could do this here. I, I want to. We should do it once again. Brock dress Cooper. up as your Rammy character. Shannon, we're looking Miss- at you. Yeah, Shannon, our queen mm. who won last year, dressed up like a Playboy bunny. It was incredible. Incredible. Wow, Tess, well done. Such an interesting, good episode. Thank you. You're welcome. Ah, Guys, well, yeah, let us know. Um, As always, check us out at Right Answers Mostly. On Instagram and TikTok. Email us. And if you want to sign up for our newsletter that goes out every Thursday, DM us on Instagram and or email us at rightanswersmostly at gmail.com. And we will see you next Monday. We love you so much, Rammies. Bye, guys. Bye. Go long bad times, we are rid of you.